Are you ready for the test? No, I didn't study, dude. I didn't study at all. What the fuck? You're supposed to study. I was watching YouTube videos. I literally gave you my notes. Dude, fuck your notes. First of all, your handwriting? Garbaggio, my dude. Seriously. Are you fucking kidding? My handwriting is gorgeous. Impeccable. God sent. Amazing. But also you write in cursive, so I couldn't read it even if it was beautiful. It is beautiful. (laughs) You can't read beauty is your problem. (laughs) Yo, who writes in cursive? What the fuck, dude? Beautiful people. Like myself, hair flip. Damn. She flipped her hair and everything. I even have my hair down. This is new. Okay, clean. Go off. Your bangs are extra spicy today. I know I already told you that, but I need to tell you again. You didn't tell me that. I did tell you that. You, you might didn't? have been focusing on computer things. But I probably I was, like, was. Your banks are actually spicy today. Well, and then Matt made a face, and I was like, "What's going on over there?" And then he was throwing pastries and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, he was throwing pastries. What a good time! I wonder if that one's still falling out of the sky. Hey there. Hey, and welcome to the Wonder Binge Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about some shit, you know? Hey. Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good. That's, that's good. I'm proud. Great. Are we getting into it? What's going on? Uh, well, I mean, we can. Oh. If you want to, like, I... officially start or whatever. Being a spunk about the baked potato is all I have to say. Why Why are you saying that so much? I, just, I, get, I keep getting stuck in it, you know? Is that Lord I of the Rings? Stuck? No. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Matt to turn around and give me a stink eye, but he didn't. A, <laughs> he did. Oh, he did? I'm, oh, I just missed it. <laughs> If you get it, you get it. What? Biggest bonk and a bell of baked potato. Just keep it in mind. Bonk <laughs> and a bell of baked potato. Bingus. Bingus. Bonk and a bell with a baked potato. Bingus and bonk and a bell. You know what? We're gonna drop it. No, I'm still focused on it. <laughs> hey, I actually have a, a like a not a banter thing, but a commentary thing. I oh don't boy. usually have those. I know. Ooh, frightened. Well, first of all, I got you something. I see that. Yes. Would you like to tell our audience what it is? <laughs> What I found in my grandmother's attic. You got me the illustrated Sherlock Holmes treasury and the complete Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes. But what's interesting about that is that I wrote down a quote from Sherlock while I was watching it that reminded me of last episode and I wanted to share it with you. Oh, okay. Because you know how we were like talking about the weave and everything and how Mm -hmm. everyone's connected? So this is a quote. From Sherlock, a.k.a. Benedict Cumberbatch, we love. So here's the quote. The world is woven from billions of lives, every strand crossing every other. What we call premonition is just the movement of the web. Damn. Go off, blueberry pumpkin patch. Hells yeah, boy. Sherlock Holmes. It was just weird that I was like, I'm going to give Maria these books. Oh, wait, I also have a quote from Sherlock Holmes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. It was good for me. Anywho, how's it going? It's going okay. How are you? I'm finally coming down off of a lot of stress, and all of this stress happened while you were in fucking Tennessee, and I couldn't, like, yell at you about it. (laughs) I mean, you could have called me, but there would have been a baby also screaming into the phone, which maybe would have alleviated some stress. That may have alleviated you. (laughs) I gotta call you more and scream and cry (laughs) instead of doing it right to your face. (laughs) Yeah, it was very stressful. Um, But you know what? Feeling okay. Feeling better. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm sorry that you were stressed and I wasn't here to help you through it. Next time, save your crises for when I'm in the state. Oh, yeah, I will definitely. It's, it's kind of wait selfish of you, you know? To have a crisis while you're not <laughs> even here. Yeah, I, yeah. Definitely was not considerate of you for yeah. my crisis. You're right. Listen, 
Sometimes it'd be like that. But you know what? I'll be there next time. Unless it's at the end of this month when I'll be in Tennessee again. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, do you want to talk about it? About going, I, I just hung out with my niece and my brother and my sister-in-law and it was great. That's exciting. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, I coughed like that. I, I inhaled and my throat squeaked. <laughs> well, wait, that was you? Yeah, I thought you that ever, was my cat. Does that ever happen to you? When I make I make odd noises when I cough? No, when you it, like do you ever like take a deep breath and like your like that your oh, esophagus yes, like wheezes? Yeah, there's the little man trapped at the bottom of my vocal cords goes help. Yeah. So, okay, let's unpack this. <laughs> um in this in this analogy and this metaphor and this reality that you've presented to me with the little man there is a little man (laughs) in your voice box yes um he's at the bottom of your voice box he is is he just living there and your voice is your own or is he controlling your voice he is trapped there oh did you swallow him uh no okay i feel that he has always been there great but he's trapped he's 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 Ever present, but also not vocal. Does that make sense? He lives in the voice box, but does not speak. Unless he goes, help me. Yep. In which case, we can't hear him, but you can? I hear him ringing in my ears. Oh, okay. My throat (laughs) made the noise again. (laughs) Your little man is trying to talk to my little man. (laughs) Um, Sorry. I'm fine, first of all. (laughs) Cut out anything that may allude to me not being fine oh my god maria coughed COVID. <laughs> no 2319 um, 2319 i'll accept um <laughs> socks i don't know this is getting weird i'm not you know what yes yes fact that's canon good. it's canon can getting weird it's canon canon but i said just can you, you just went can. can as in ability uh as in he's trapped in a can we're getting off track there, there was never a track to be on but i don't we're think getting there's off a track <laughs> Should we find a track to get on? I hey, check out that Segway. Whoa, Whoa. it's going so fast. We should catch oh up my God. to it. Oh my god, that guy's gonna crash. He's gonna crash his Segway. Well, can you put actual sound effects in of like a crash? I can. Yes, I can. Ha, fuck yeah. Hey, hey Jen, nice sound effects. I'm gonna look up specifically Segway crashes and put that in there. Oh, can, it needs to be authentic. Oof. Okay. I'm on. Yeah, I'm down. Hey. Yeah. What are you gonna tell me about today? Because I want to learn something, folks. Listen, do I have a treat for you? A variety of treats, in fact. Ooh, a spread? A, 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 a delectable spread. Okay. 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 I'm, my there's, mouth there's is bit, salivating. There's a little bit of a, of a palate cleansing, little sad bit. Just, oh, just in there, a but... lemon sorbet. Overall, right. very sweet. Okay. Very delectable. Yum, yum, yum. Sweet like pastries or sweet like candy? Oh, sweet like honey, baby. Oh. Today's topic gives you honey, gives you cherries, gives you secrets. Are you prepared? I, I don't. I was, but now I'm not. Okay. Wait, give well, me a minute. Oh, uh, okay, I'm good. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. So every... <laughs> I think I need that tea now. Woo, okay. Every good story, as we know, has a beginning. Oh. <laughs> Not so much Mikey, but a little bit. Beekeeping in New York City is a popular hobby. Legalized in 2010, there were nearly 300 registered hives in 2016, and the numbers have only grown since then. There are like five different beekeepers associations in New York City. It's a big thing. Wow, beekeeping. However, in August of 2010, a mystery presented itself. 
Mysterious beekeeping? Mysterious bees. So, beekeepers across Red Hook, Brooklyn, found something strange was happening to their beloved bees. Their bees would return from foraging red. What? Their translucent honey stomachs shone red in the setting sun, and the honey that they produced was a bright fluorescent cherry red. Ooh, what? Okay. <laughs> a mystery presents itself. I'm so curious. Why Why are their bellies red? <laughs> are they rolling around in some strawberries? What's going on? <laughs> so Cerise Mayo, a young woman tending to seven hives for added value and education nonprofit in Red Hook, was one such beekeeper. When her bees came home looking much more vermilion than normal, she was appropriately concerned and even more so confused. I would be. Yeah. She supposed it may have been coming from, quote, some kind of weird tree, maybe a sumac. Are sumacs red? Do they have like red blooms or something? They they have they have a more a more red toned sap. Okay. But mostly they were completely at a loss. They had no idea what was going on with the bees. Until an acquaintance, joking around just to relieve the stress, proposed that maybe the bees have been, quote, hitting the juice. What? That is the maraschino cherry juice from the nearby Dell's Maraschino Cherries Company over on Dykeman Street in Red Hook. Okay, hang on. It just occurred to me. We need Sherlock Holmes on this mystery <laughs> case. <laughs> Sherlock? Crikey. Why are the bees red? <laughs> why, why are the bees red? Benedict, please help. Go on. Maraschino <laughs> cherries. But the bees, the bees. Bees. Let's focus on the bees. The bees. Monachino cherries. <laughs> that's me <laughs> so the bees were well provided for it wouldn't make much sense for them to fly over to the factory when there were plenty when there was plenty for them to forage on the farm but the summer of 2010 was the hottest ever recorded in the city making water and nectar harder to find which okay. would then possibly provoke the bees going further yeah if there's not enough water in the fields that are close by they have to hunt somewhere else mm-hmm so, a fellow beekeeper, Tim O'Neill, who was also housing some bright red anthophila. I tried to be fancy by using a different word for bees. It's a scientific anthophila. Yeah. I was going to ask because I really thought it was a flower when you said <laughs> yeah. it. So, Tim O'Neill, who was also housing some bright red anthophila, bees. sent samples of the red honey the bees were producing over to an apiculturalist who worked for New York State. What's that? An apiculturalist is... I'm going to go ahead and say, like, an expert on bees. When I was looking this up, I found a little website that was telling me the difference between a beekeeper and an apiculturalist. Okay. And it said, beekeeper, the person caring for the bees. Apiculturalist, a beekeeper. What? So I, <laughs> That's like using the word in its own definition. I what the know. fuck? It's really dumb. It's the the definition of it is just the other word. But apparently they're different. <laughs> but any I'm I'm reading it as like as opposed to the the hobbyist beekeeper. This is someone the who study. has studied bees like and biology like knows, almost, yeah, and like yeah. knows the whole deal. Okay. So um he sent the red honey over to an apiculturalist who worked for New York State. That expert forensically found the samples riddled with red dye number 40, the same dye used in maraschino cherry juice. So they got into the factory. Not into the factory. They got into the runoff from the factory. 
So so the factory the, cherry sewage. Yeah. Basically. So the the corn syrup. The dyed red. Feasting on the corn syrup. They they were drinking it as though it were nectar. Oh my gosh! And then bringing it back, doing that thing that bees do. And make puking honey. It up and making honey. <laughs> puking it up. <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin honey for anyone, but that is how it works. <laughs> Bee vomit. But anyway, yeah, that's they, they figured out that the bees were going over to the cherry factory, drinking the runoff, and coming back with the red dye in their system. Now, I know that you're wondering... Are so, the bees okay? <laughs> the bees are okay. Okay. They're, they didn't have like some weird like mutation or side no, no, no. effect the, other the than the bees, red honey? The bees are totally okay. Okay. I was going to jump on something else that you're probably wondering, which is, was the red honey good? Oh, that was all. Yeah. That was way back when you first started talking. <laughs> it actually, that question totally, I forgot about it. Yes. Was the honey good? So this is a quote from Andrew Cotier, who I'm going to be talking about more extensively very soon okay um but he said the red honey tasted terrible by the way it was sickly sweet kind of metallic tasting and watery but after the story went all over the place online i could have sold a ton of it i had dozens of customers asking for it and all that red honey ended up being thrown out and those beekeepers lost a season of production that sucks so it really did suck for the beekeepers in the end At the same time, neighbors of the Dell's factory reported that bees in unusually high numbers were gathering nearby. The bees coming to get the juice. Right. Arthur Mondella, the owner of the factory, had hired Andrew Cotier. He was the leader of the New York City Beekeepers Association. Okay. And also, like, super famous in the beekeeper world. Like, crazy famous in the beekeeper world. But he hired Andrew Cotier to help find a solution as the bees were as great of a nuisance to the factory as red dye number 40 was to the beekeepers. Inter- okay, so the bees were bothering the factory where they were afraid of, like, bees because they're bees? Like Any infestation of a lot of insects, regardless of what kind of insect, uh-huh. in, the, in the vicinity of a food factory... Not necessarily not, wanted. It's not great. Right, yeah, so, I guess I could have inferred that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Cotier had informed... Sorry, I'm debating how to say his name because it's C-O-T-E with a thing. Cote. Cotier. Yeah. Mr. Cotier had informed that bees will forage from any sweet liquid in their flight path for up to three miles. While he had not yet visited the factory, he said that the bees might be drinking from its runoff and that solving the problem, quote, could be as easy as putting up some screens or providing a closer source of sweet nectar. Oh. Here's a quote from Cotier regarding his time with Mandela. Quote, I really liked Arthur Mandela. He was genuine, a true Brooklyn guy, and he had that accent. Out of the blue, before the newspaper story, he got in touch about the bee situation and asked me to come to the factory. I didn't go until right after the story appeared. I knew there would be a lot of reporters around, so I asked if he could be there really early, like 5 a.m. He said, I will make it my business to be there. I'll always remember that. I showed him how to put some screens up, make the lids of his bins tighter, control the spills. It was not a difficult adjustment at all, and we solved the problem. Afterward, I sent him an invoice for my services. He paid it, and that was that. Throughout the whole thing, he was a gentleman. We love a gentleman factory worker. We do. Factory owner. Factory owner. But he also did some work in there. No other beekeepers dealt as extensively with Mandela. All were grateful for his level-headed response. Um, Yeah, it's great that he... Like, gave a shit. Yeah. You could have easily been like, my runoff, fucking figure it out yourself. Yeah, especially because this was 
This happened in July of 2010. And beekeeping had just been legalized in March. Wow. So this was only a couple months in. And he he easily could have been like, this is a new, like, about the bees. Like, this is a new thing. Like, like, what the fuck? Why do I have to change my stuff for these new people coming right, in? Right, 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 right. But he, no, he was, he was very gentlemanly. He was very decent about it. That's really and, cool. Uh, um, another beekeeper had said, quote, we had been legal for less than a year. He could have made a fuss about why he had to deal with all these local bees. We appreciated that his first reaction wasn't to call the exterminator. Yeah, because he really could have, like, messed them up even more. Like, yeah, you lose a season's worth of income with the honey, but, like, if you kill the bees, Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother ballgame. I'm curious, do you know why beekeeping was illegal? Like, I think it was one of those things where it just wasn't, like, a common thing, especially in the city, so there wasn't any regulations around it. Okay, so it wasn't so, necessarily legalized, but maybe just regulated officially instead? Yeah, it was, I think it was officially, like, made a thing. Like, when I was looking into this, in order to be a beekeeper in New York City, you have to register. Like, you okay. have to legally register as a beekeeper. And you have to, I'm sure, follow really strict yeah. guidelines. So, so I think it's it's more so, like, regulations around it, legalizations around it. And I think it may have been illegal before, because I maybe. remember reading something about, like, before the legalization, beekeepers would, like, have false brick walls to, like, hide their hives and stuff. Oh. Um, hidden hives. Hidden hives. It may have also been a, like, a business thing of, like, if, oh, if you're doing this illegally and you're, like, selling the honey, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like, the if you'd have to – it's basically a business. You're mm-hmm. right. And you'd have to claim all the income and the taxes and all that kind of stuff. I was also thinking, like – um, cause like obviously people aren't allowed to keep like tigers yeah. in their homes, none le- like much less in the city. Um, so maybe it was also like a health hazard thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a, a grand amount of insects in right. any situation is like a questionable thing. And if someone's allergic to bees. True. Yeah. That could be, that could get real messy real fast. We're going to pull out all the EpiPens. We stand EpiPens. Um, so yeah, Mandela called, situated everything. Good guy. Made adjustments. We and stand. a story, right? We stand. Oh. Oh. The right? There's a question mark. You may be thinking end of story. But. I was. I'm waiting for the sour bit. It's been a good episode. Time to pack it up. Go get some chicky nuggies. But there is something else. You may recall my opening to this tale. Today's topic gives you honey, cherries, and secrets. Sherlock Holmes time. The story had piqued the interest of all of Brooklyn, including the authorities who saw an opportunity. Oh, what are they going to do? According to later news reports, there had been rumors starting in 2009 that Mandela was growing marijuana in the cherry factory. Okay. Law enforcement hoped that the attention being directed at the cherry factory might reveal more about what went on inside. Quiet inquiries were made about the factory's floor plan. Now, Arthur Mandela, by many accounts including those of Brooklyn beekeepers, was a good man. I've said this already. Yes. Despite automating, he wanted to keep his human workforce intact. By all accounts, he cared about his employees. Lots of ex-offenders had jobs at Dell's. The Red Hook Houses, a nearby low-income housing project, supplied him with workers who needed the paycheck. Mandela was known for giving salary advances and loans when repayment was not vigorously pursued. He hired a homeless man, provided him an advance for a deposit, and let him use a company truck to move into a new apartment. Gang tattoos could be seen on the muscular, maraschino red-stained arms of guys on the factory floor. A considerate man. 
Sounds like it, yeah. He's hiring desperate people. That's yeah. great. So but, before... What's yeah. the but? <laughs> well, there's going to be a but. There's always a but. In the case of Arthur, he's just a good guy. Okay. In my opinion, at least. Okay. So before the bee incident, the smell of maraschino cherries would fill the factory. Not unpleasant, but eye-wateringly strong. Neighbors in apartments overlooking the building would sometimes catch a few whiffs of marijuana along with the cherries. David Selleck, a beekeeper who affect, who was also affected by the red honey, thought that the smell of pot might just be the result of workmen smoking it on their breaks. Later news stories said that a postal employee had told authorities that marijuana was being grown on the premises. Um, but the police had failed to find suspicious signs. An increase in energy consumption consistent with the use of grow lights had not been detected, possibly because the factory had its own gasoline-powered generators. And a drug-sniffing dog had not been able to discover a definitive scent of marijuana. And so the investigation was paused. However, the heightened attention caused by the B episode had increased the factory's visibility. And in 2013, Brooklyn elected a new DA, Kenneth Thompson, who set out to clean up pollution in the borough. His okay. office decided to take a look at some stalled environmental cases. Uh, including? Including the Mandela's. red cherries. Oh, oh, the red cherries, yeah. not the marijuana. Or the, the red honey, I mean. The red <laughs> cherries are red, <laughs> so, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. So that case, but also keeping in mind the, like, the tip. Right. So the police didn't have enough evidence to get a warrant to search the facility for drug production. But... They did get one for the red... Yes, because of the red bees of Red Hook, on February 24th, 2015, a Tuesday, during working hours, officers from the Department of Environmental Protection, the New York City Police Department, and the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office came to the cherry factory with a warrant to search parts of the premises for evidence of illegal dumping of wastewater. Quote, unquote. That's what they're saying on the the warrant, The warrant was for For the the waste. For the waste. There was alternative motive. Of course. As officers moved through his factory, he became more and more agitated. While examining some shelves, they found what appeared to be a false wall. They told him they were going to send for a warrant to search behind the wall. As they waited for the warrant, Mandela excused himself to use the bathroom. So a disclaimer for my next point. No. No. If you are sensitive to mentions of suicide, please skip forward 15 seconds. I'm going to try and keep this brief so that just a 15 second skip is all you need you're breaking my heart once inside he locked the door and would not come out the police tried to persuade him to unlock the door he refused and asked them to bring his sister joanne they did through the door he said to her take care of my kids (gasps) and then he shot himself in the head with a pistol that he had been carrying in his ankle holster oh my god yeah so that got really sour yeah i'm very sorry oh my god we did I had so much other things to say, but now I'm all scrambled. Shit. Okay, just keep going, because I'm going to dwell on this. Yeah. Behind the false wall, the officers discovered a ladder leading down to a large basement, 2,500 square feet, and space for about 100 marijuana plants in a well-set-up system of hydroponic cultivation under LED grow lights. They also found about 100 pounds of harvested marijuana, $130,000 in cash, and a small office containing a desk with books on plant husbandry and a copy of the World Encyclopedia of Organized Crime. So it's big verbatim time. Are you oh, ready? Oh, boy. Yeah, try to keep it, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you got it. So had Mandela lived, he could have gone to jail for two or three years. More likely, right. he would have received probation. 
The DA charged the company with criminal possession of marijuana in the first degree, a felony, and with failing to comply with laws relating to wastewater dumping, which was a, mis- a misdemeanor. So wait, the, the wastewater was being dumped in properly? Yes, so the, the wastewater was, that charge was just a misdemeanor and everything else was like felony. A, a felony. Yeah. Okay. Big, big time crime. Yeah. So the company pleaded guilty to both charges and paid a fine of $1.2 million. Oh, yike. After that judgment, no further charges were filed. The DA did not want to destroy a successful local business that provided a number of Brooklyn residents with jobs. Also, investigators had been unable to find evidence to prove that the marijuana was being sold, nor had they tried very hard to find such evidence. The volume of the operation. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) I'm still stuck on it. (laughs) Continue. The volume of the operation, obviously larger than was needed for personal use, implied that Mandela had been selling it. How and to whom and who helped him build the farm, who serviced the plumbing, the wiring, the grow lights, remained intriguing questions that he was not around to answer. Right. In his will, Mandela left an estate that included $8.5 million in cash, more than enough to cover the fine. His daughters, Dana and Dominique, received 55% of the company between them. Joanne, their aunt, got 20%, and 25 went to Antoinette, their half-sister. The older daughters decided to take personal charge of the business they now controlled. After the news of the raid, some customers dropped Dells for other cherry suppliers. But by traveling the country to meet with customers individually, Dana and Dominique were able to keep most of them. And later persuaded a few who'd left to come back. So most of their large volume restaurant chains stayed on. That's cool. They were able to keep it floating. Yeah. Keep it buzzing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A young employee, Joshua Sabino had been hired by Mandala, not Mandala. Hello? A young employee, Joshua Sabino, had been hired by Mandela the day before the raid. Sabino was excited about his new job, but when he saw the police everywhere, he figured that the factory would have to close. He had been grateful to Mandela for hiring him, but the factory closed for only two days. They kept all the workers, and they even got paid for the days it was closed. Oh, hell yeah. Quote, it felt like Mr. Mandela was still taking care of me. Oh. Tim O'Neill, the man that had sent the red honey samples out, commented on Mandela's death. Quote, I felt pity when I heard Mandela died. What a terrible situation. He was a good neighbor. We all live in a community together. Who cares if some dude is growing marijuana? It's practically legal now anyway. I'm sure he was putting out good product. I was shocked the situation turned out so badly. Andrew Cotier commented, quote, it was a dark hour. Arthur was not looking to hurt anybody. He had honesty and integrity, and he made it clear when dealing with the red honey problem that he cared about the bees' welfare. Many other beekeepers also mourned Mandela, noting his devotion to his work and commenting on the stress he must have been experiencing. I mean, Especially yeah. in that moment. Yeah, no kidding. So Dell's is now thriving under Dominique and Dana's ownership, despite many lawsuits and issues coming from other family members seeking their cut of the fortune. Oh, piss off. The Dell's Cherries website boasts the following, quote, building upon Arthur's success, Dell's Maraschino Cherries is now a woman-owned business under the leadership of his daughters, Dominique Mandela and Dana Mandela Bentz. Inspired by four generations of family ownership, Dell's Maraschino Cherries is still guided by the same family values, traditions, and their passion for cherries that started over six decades ago. This is making me crave vanilla icing. Vanilla icing? Vanilla ice cream with a little cherry on top. Oh my god. And like some chocolate syrup. We should something. do that. We um, should. Yeah. So get the chicky nuggies. We're going for ice cream <laughs> this the time. Nuggies. Let's get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was the story of how some curious bees 
led to discovery, loss, and in the end, a pretty damn interesting story. <laughs> You're gonna leave me on this, like... So... I mean, come on, man! I, I, I think this is a very interesting story. I mean, yeah, it is an interesting story. Uh, my heart is in my butt. Can you yeah. take it out, please? <laughs> You're not gonna leave me like this, are you? Did you know that bees... You know how if a bee stings you, it'll probably die? Uh-huh. It's because the other end of its stinger is a hook that, oh. like, hooks into its organs. <gasps> so if it stings you, <laughs> it literally pulls its organs. <laughs> I don't- that didn't help at all. That made it worse. <laughs> it's worse! <laughs> it's just <Sorry>. more- tr- <laughs> it's almost worth another trigger warning! <laughs> it because you could cost it its life <laughs> well i mean also it'll sting you but like yeah it's gonna no i don't care about being stung i care about the aftermath of the bee after it has stung me because that's much worse <laughs> these are are going extinct there aren't they endangered technically i think that bees are doing better thanks to all the different save the bees things my coworker nil who i mentioned last week is a beekeeper oh yeah, oh, he yeah. makes, he gives, I buy uh, the honey in my kitchen off of him. It's very yummy. Um, as of 2019, honeybee colony numbers are stable. Oh, great. Yes. Um, and so more bees. There, there are many different kinds of bees. Right. Honeybees are the safest. Yeah. It's, I it's think the they other ones bite? that Don't honeybees bite? Um, I don't think I know they that sting. wasps bite. Do wasps bite? I yeah. think carpenter bees bite. I... Not all of them no, sting. wait, wasps don't bite. Wasps. I'm pretty sure wasps sting. sting. Horse flies bite. Here's the thing about wasps. Not bees. Here's the thing about wasps. <laughs> when I was young, okay. I was over at my friend's house. I know the story. And my good friend, he uh he had this um what's it called? Like a play set. Oh, he with, had like, one the of the tower and the monkey bars and all that jazz. Oh, a swing set. Yeah. Uh with a little tower part. Okay. And there was a wasp's nest in the tower part. Oh dear. I didn't know that. So I was up there. We were playing. We were having a good time. Suddenly, wasps. <laughs> I was a child and freaked the fuck out, swinging around violently, which agitated the wasps. Oh, no. Here's a fun fact about wasps. Unlike bees that will die after stinging you, wasps. a wasp is fine. And in fact, after it stings you, it leaves behind a pheromone in that sting that sends, you know, a message out to other wasps in the area <laughs> of, this is a target. <laughs> And so I ran home as fast as I possibly could. Meanwhile, this friend went back up to his own deck and watched from afar as I ran to my home that was right across the street, screaming. (laughs) I ran screaming. Um, And when I got home uh, and I was being taken care of, I had seven stings, which as a child is a lot. I think it's It's just a lot in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There were a couple on my legs. Uh-huh. A couple on my arms. And a few on my face. Was it one, like, on the inside of your mouth, or was that someone else? It was, like, on my lip. Oh, God. Yeah. Um. It wasn't fun. No. And then I was like, hey, why did you let that happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, person who's supposed to be my friend. WTF. Hey, my oldest friend. <laughs> and closest right now, because Jenna hasn't formed in my life quite as much yet. Yeah, get out of here, dro. <laughs> Why'd you let that happen to me? And yeah. he was like, I didn't want to get stung. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you, man. 
You know what I would have done? Probably whacked the bee in the wasp's nest. You know what I'd have done? Made it worse. Probably made it worse. But at least I would have tried. Maybe warned my friend that there's a wasp's nest up there. Also that. Also that. You know, avoid the situation entirely. Wow. Not to be that guy, but I've never been stung. Knock on wood. I'm genuinely afraid that I might be allergic to <laughs> bees. To bees. My dad's allergic to bees. My uncle's allergic to bees. Get the fuck out of here with your <laughs> sharp thing! Don't poke me when I'm talking what about getting that? stung by a bee. You oh, asshole! It's, it's it's the little thing that you like push into your phone to, get your to like, SIM get the card SIM card out. You just stabbed I th- me. I fully believed that that was going to be like a thumbtack or something, and I'm like, you're going the extra mile. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rude. Wow, I love that for you. To think I like you. I've been stung by my baby. Ew. No. Yep, no. No, thank you. Yep, no, it's staying. That's no. staying. Nope, that's staying. No. <laughs> listen, she she puts it on Anchor and then she lets me listen to it before it posts. If I can, I'll try and take it out. I will literally post it at 11.59. <laughs> I will literally post it at 11.59. It already posted 11.59. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna press schedule at 11.59 so it schedules for a minute. You'd have a minute to fix it. That's not good at all, dude. Come at me. Um, so I had an idea. Oh, but I idea? didn't do it. And I, I really regret it. I was going to come over with some of the honey that I had that I bought recently. Ooh. The like natural honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have maraschino cherries at home, so I was gonna mix the cherry juice into it so that we could try it. I would try <laughs> but it. But I forgot. That sounds to. gross. I mean, I have cranberry juice and natural honey. We could, uh, it's not the same, but. I got this topic from TikTok. Oh my god. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was a TikTok where a girl was talking about the red bees. So I was like, oh, red bees. That's interesting. Didn't mention anything about the marijuana. (laughs) So then I started doing research and I was like, oh, wait, this is big. (laughs) This is sad. (laughs) Um, I have another fun fact about bees. I actually told you this when you were buying your natural honey. I told you and the girl at the counter. Wait, this is actually super cool and valuable information. It really is. Okay, so if you know anyone that's a beekeeper in your area, buy honey from them and take a spoonful every day. Why? Because bees go out and forage. They pick up all the allergens in your area and all those allergens get into the honey, but they're made into something good. So when you put the allergens in your body, you're essentially... You're creating an immunity against the allergies in your direct area. So local honey local is like honey. medicine. Local honey is medicine. And I, I don't live that close to my coworker who gives me honey, but I feel like I'm close enough that it does work a little bit. Nice. So it's kind of neat because I do use his honey every morning in my tea. We can make tea after this. Yay. Tea, tea. ice cream, cherries. I actually do have to stop for ice cream on my way home. For your dad? Yeah. Sick. My, my dad does a super cute thing where if I'm leaving, he goes, hey. I, this is already after I've said goodbye. I go, bye, dad. And he goes, bye. Hey. <laughs> and one more thing. <laughs> and I go, what do you want? <laughs> and he goes, you stop at Wawa on your way home and get me some ice cream? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then he gives me five bucks and I leave. <laughs> he should just start leaving $5 at the door for you. So you just get it every time. Uh, he doesn't need that much ice cream. Hey, question. Why yeah. does my throat wheeze when I breathe in? It's the little man. There's not a little man. Stop it even know why he's gendered <laughs> yeah if anything it's just a little person a little human a little fairy fairy in my throat anyway the throat fairy that was um that was great it was it got really sad 
unexpectedly, like, hardcore unexpectedly sad. But I did enjoy the story. If you, if you, like, you can't take that part out. That is, that is. That is essential to the story. That is a human life and it is essential to the story. But. Yeah, and we need to remember him. Like, he was a good guy. I would like to. But if you set that moment aside. Wow, that's crazy. All this because of bees. (laughs) Bees? Like, in the end, the the results and, like, Dana and Dominique now owning the company and Mm -hmm. and everything is because the bees got into the wastewater. Because bees couldn't stay out of garbage. (laughs) Here's the thing, Jen. It wasn't, like, in a garbage heap. I know. It was runoff. It was was like puddles on the ground. I understand. And it's corn syrup, so it's similar to the nectar that they would be drinking It smells sugary. Also cherries. Yeah. All right. Hey, enjoy your night. Or day. Or evening. Or hello. (laughs) Enjoy your time of day. Oh, wait. uh, It's time for where we call out someone, a friend that listens to us now. Hi, Phil. Oh, hey, Phil. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for hitting us up. That was really cool. As always, you can find us on all social media at WonderBingePod. You can email us with topic suggestions, feedback, just saying hi at WonderBingePod at gmail.com. I'm Maria. I'm Jen. Oh, one more thing. We haven't mentioned this in a while. We still have stickers. If you'd like to oh, yeah. leave a review on iTunes and then hit us up with a screenshot of that review, we will send you a sticker. Hell yeah. A In Wonder fact, Binge I'll sticker. spoil the surprise. You get two stickers, baby. <gasps> Maria, you weren't supposed to tell them. I spoiled it. It's a special surprise sticker. But maybe it'll incentivize them more if they know they get two. <laughs> oh, buy one, get one. I love a BOGO. <laughs> Can't stand a BOGO. It's so easy. All you gotta do is just give us a rating and be like, hey, they're pretty good. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, thanks. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Again, that's Maria. That's Jen. Goodbye.